0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about
1: book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e reader. This episode, we're talking about audio fiction that isn't an audiobook and interviewing podcaster and audio fiction expert, Alistair Stewart. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just started a book, The New Laura Vander, Vandenberg.
0: <gasps> the third hotel. third hotel. Is it good?
1: Um, It's good so far. So, um,. Uh, Laura Vandenberg wrote this book called Find Me, which I liked. We both and, read, yes. Um, this book, it is about—it is a book that I wish—so I want to go to Havana. I want to go to Cuba. And it's set in Cuba. And I kind of wish I had waited to read it then, except I wanted to read it because it was new and I, I like her work and I wanted to uh, read her, you know. I wanted to be in on, on the buzz. So this book is about a widow who is basically coming to terms with her husband's death by going to Cuba. That's what I can tell so far. I'm not very far into it. And then I know, like, as far as I am, she goes and she's kind of a tourist, but she's also there for this film festival because her husband was like a fan of these like horror films that this guy made. And so she was seeing one of those movies Um, and she's also a tourist in Cuba, so it's sort of like her experience with that but then while she's there she sees her husband her dead husband like getting on a little motorcycle and like riding away oh my god and that's kind of where i am i'm just imagining like the world's tiniest motorcycle it's a little tiny motorcycle. Husband little, is four little, inches Little high. tiny motorcycle. <laughs> I think because maybe, I don't know why I'm saying little motorcycle, but maybe it's like a moped. Yes. I, I, I just literally made it up. He may be getting in a car, but in my brain, it's a moped. it's a four <laughs> inches tall. I'm sorry, board. Laura, I rewrote that part of your book. <laughs> um, but that's, anyway, so it's sort of a mystery. But the way she does things is she's very poetic. Her yeah. writing is very descriptive. And you really get to know the world. Like in Find Me, the... Um, it was a sort of post-apocalyptic, disease-ridden world, and it was like very much about the locations—the hospital, the outside of the hospital, like that kind of thing. And this feels like it's very much about Cuba and Havana, and like the the world of being like a tourist and feeling like out of your element. So it, it's really good so far. I'm really excited to read the rest of it. I woke really up want early to read it. and this morning and read it before you got here because I was excited to read it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What are you reading, Molly? Uh, I am reading There, There by Tommy Orange. Which oh, I is, want to read this. Oh, we should just swap
0: Oh, wait, you got yours from the library. I needed. You can still borrow this. Okay. It's very good. Uh, I just, just, just started it. Uh, but it is a very exciting new um, 2018 release. And it's basically, it's like, you know those books that are just like big honking, sprawling, epic sagas of like multiple people? Yes. This, this is how this story is, uh, but with. For, um, Native Americans in America and, like, multiple generations and multiple people and, like, you see how, like, right the, – the book just starts out, like, you really get to examine, like, the racism and, like, horrible things that happened and are still happening to Native Americans and, like, how that has affected so many generations of people uh, in this country, like – First Nations people, and the writing is so good, and you immediately, like, just, like, I feel like you open this book, and
1: it's, like, a hole that you just, like, fall right into, and you just don't <laughs> want to stop reading it. That's a good review. <laughs> um, it doesn't look that... You said it's, like, giant, but I don't want people to be deterred, because I'm no, looking No, it, it's not a big book. book. It's just, like, a deep book.
0: Like, yeah, I, when I mean, spro- like, big honkin', I
1: just mean, like, it's, like,
0: there's a lot of care, like, a lot of... It's far-reaching, but it's not a big book.
1: How did the word honking become, like, a term to use for things that are big? I don't know. I wonder if <laughs> it's, just like— just something honks doesn't make it big. Ducks honk. Uh, geese honk. Do ducks honk? No, they
0: quack. Okay. You're Maybe right. there was a really big goose one day, and they were like, look at that honking goose. <laughs> and then somebody just picked it up and was like, look at that big honking car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the hon- cars honk. Gars honk. <laughs> oh my god, they do!
0: <laughs> I totally didn't even. I don't know why I picked a car. I picked the only other
1: thing in the entire universe <laughs> that honks. Cars and geese. Cars and geese. It's a good riddle. Things that, <laughs> two things. What do cars and the geese, geese have, have in common? common. That's a good riddle. It's a man. It's a man. That's it. It's man. When he's, it's he's always crawling, so, he's, always he's middle-aged, and when he's an old man. he's but Always like, honking, no <laughs> matter how old he is. Anyway, mine is The Third Hotel by Laura
0: Vandenberg. And <laughs> Mine is uh, There, There by Tommy Orange. <laughs> So we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from Sophia. Sophia writes in, I am taking a long cross-country road trip with my parents soon and we're looking for audiobooks. We're all adults, but I don't have the type of relationship where we can listen to sex or extreme violence. Who does? Right? (laughs) Can you imagine, like, listening to an erotic novel with your mom? Like, Jesus. Uh, So any uh, genre recommendations, fiction, nonfiction, whatever, I need your help to make this trip as unawkward as possible. Also, here's my wheelhouse. Books written in regional dialects, found families, killer assassins... Killers, killer slash assassin, monks slash nuns. Great. So you can pick your, choose your own adventure. Killer monk, killer nun, assassin monk, monk. or assassin nun. (laughs) That's what we're saying. (laughs) Uh, Books with ancient slash prehistorical settings, strong female friendships, slow burn romance, people being friends with birds, and fantasy with good religious systems. Bria, what should Sophia
1: oh, what listen great, to with her mom and dad? great wheelhouse. I had a lot of trouble with this one because I couldn't think of ones. I literally looked up a few, and I used that Does the Dog Die website because I was like, ooh, does this have an— ex-? Like, there was one I was going to recommend, and I was like, no, it doesn't. It has an underage rape scene. Like, I was like, that's not a ooh. book I can recommend. Um, because of the dialects, the book I thought of was maybe Lincoln and the Bardo, George oh. Sanders. I feel like there's probably a lot of dialects in that, and apparently the— um, I mean, I've read it. There are dialects. I'm not guessing. Um, it's a good family book because dads love presidents and history. Boy, dads do dads love, love a, love a president. There's no World War II, but they love presidents. And oh. I'm sure they love Lincoln. I feel like
0: if you took, like, every dad is wearing that, like, button-up shirt. If you unbutton that shirt, it's just a T-shirt with
1: a president on it. <laughs> <laughs> They're so into it. And I hear the audiobook for that is like rad as hell because it has like 160 characters in the books and book, and they actually have 160 like people do. Oh wow! The audiobook, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember? Um, oh and, yeah, that would be good. And I don't think there's any like I was trying to remember. There's a little bit of like death and stuff, but I don't think there's any like major violence happening as far as I can remember. It Damn. actually wasn't on the Dogs the Dog Die website. Um, which I joined so I can start tracking things when it happens. It's like one of the best book tech things we ever yeah, had. Yeah, it's great. Was the it's really the, great. Um, the other thing I was thinking of, and this is pretty basic, but I thought could work, is the Hunger Games because there's violence, but there, there's it's definitely has some slow burn romance in there, mm-hmm. um, female friendships, and it's something that's really long and families like it. It's family friendly. It's YA. Families do like maybe Hunger it's Games. Pretty too violent though because it is kind of violent. Yeah, but it's YA violence. There's one book that's way more violent than the other one and I can't – but the first one I feel like would be like an okay thing. And that's going to be like, you know, 14 hours or whatever right there. Yeah. What do you suggest? Uh,
0: Yikes. This is an awkward situation and we're here to help. Uh, so my advice for this is some wicked compelling wicked compelling nonfiction. Uh, uh, I recommend The Feather Thief, which I think a listener wrote in to recommend to to me or to both of us. Um, and I listened to it – Was it a bird books? Was it the bird book? Maybe. Episode? I don't remember. We have a— got to do a bird book episode. Oh, my God. we got to do a bird book episode. Uh, it's called The Feather Thief by Kirk W. Johnson. I just listened to this audiobook book um, while I was at Dragon Con. Uh, it's about a massive natural history heist where someone stole these very, very important feathers from a um, natural history museum in England to make fly fishing flies. It's amazing. This crazy fucking story, totally safe for families. I like totally blew my mind. It just keeps getting crazier that, like, the whole heist and, like, all the, like, how much money these feathers were worth and how he got them out of the museum and, like, why he was using them. And, like, it just gets crazier, crazier. It's so good. And it's, like, really good for discussion afterwards. Um, And also, if you want some found family fiction, if you really, if you don't want to do nonfiction, I recommend Crooked Heart by Lisa Evans. Uh, It takes place during the Blitz in London and it's this orphan boy and he ends up they're trying to find homes for the orphans to like because they're evacuating London um, and he ends up living with this lady who only takes him in to get the money that the government gives her every every month to take care of him because she's just like completely broke and she's just like a, a shit show all the time uh, and the two of them ending up end up coming up with these like really hilarious get rich quick schemes that oh. um, it's really sweet and it's funny and it's like safe for families there's no the main character is like 12, so you're good on sex scenes. Oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, so you can always email us your recommendation requests at readingglassespodcast@gmail.com. And so our five-star review of the week is from Jennifer M. Caslin. And Jennifer writes, best part of my week, I love listening to these two ladies talk books and book-related things. They're so funny and love books just as much as I do. I'm definitely a Mallory. You always can write oh. in and tell us if you're a Mallory or a Bria. Uh, that is going to be ongoing forever in the show. Uh, she didn't say what book she wants. She, she didn't say what book she wants. Okay. Sorry. But, um... So Jennifer's a Mallory One for Team Mallory One for Team Mallory So you can always give us five star reviews And ratings on iTunes It really really helps us And we will read them on the show Uh, So before we go beyond the audiobook We're going to take a quick break
2: Welcome, everyone, to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles.
0: So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition.
2: Isn't there anyone who can save
0: us from this travesty?
2: Wait, could it be?
0: It's Titan Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast.
2: Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations.
0: Woke trips through the history of wrestling.
2: And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match. And the
0: Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or
2: wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights. Podcast, and
0: so this week, it's all about audio fiction that isn't. An audiobook. What? What? Oh, that's right. So this episode is dedicated to the five million emails we receive from people who want to listen to audiobooks but can't focus for a long period of time on one audio story or they have a hard time getting that's into me. audiobooks. We get a lot Did of I feedback. Did I write email? <laughs> All these emails are secretly <laughs> for <from> Bria.
1: <laughs> we get so much feedback about this, so here to help. So a little history about audio dramas, which I consider to be like the precursor to these like audio magazines that are podcasts which is what we're gonna talk about and this is extremely my shit yeah it is it is so audio dramas they go back way far and but it seems like the first english language one was back in 1921 which is wild and it was called (laughs) a rural line on education Thrilling. Uh, The thrilling audio works (laughs) of a rural line on education. Um, But by 1922, people were doing full-length stage plays on the radio using sound effects, music, and actors. And by 1923, people were designing original pieces that weren't original pieces for for radio, um, which is kind of incredible because that was very early.
0: Yeah. So this, like, folks, this shit has been cool for a while. You're going to get in on the cool stuff today. (laughs) So also, did you know that there are audio magazines? I mean, I do now. Boom! And there's podcasts for short fiction. So there's a, when you want to do audio fiction, you want to do an audio book, but you think that you can't listen to a whole thing, and you're worried about committing to a really
1: long yeah, one. Yeah, because an audio book is fucking like 10, 12 hours. Sometimes more. That's a short one. Yeah. The, what's a normal audio book? Eight Wait. hours. Eight hours. Eight hours. One whole workday. It's a lot. That is a lot of. What is one whole workday? So if you were doing something like that, you don't have to pay attention to like data entry. You could do a book in one work day. Yes. But then but then I've seen ones that are like, oh, it's like 100 hours of audio. <laughs> you will be listening to this audiobook till you're dead. Uh, but so there's uh, there's a
0: lot of other options. There's audio dramas, audio magazines, audio uh, or podcasts with short fiction. So if you're no, if you're worried about not being able to get into an entire audiobook, this episode is going to help. This is the this is a great place to start.
1: Yeah, and so there's a lot to choose from. Like no um, no matter what kind of fiction you read. There's Lavar Burton reads, yes. which um Lavar Burton amazing. reads yes. a short story <laughs> to all the you. title, folks. I love it. I love that he's reading stuff. I feel like he is like the patron saint of reading for oh, all 100%. of us. 100%. Who like, wouldn't want so... LeVar
0: Burton to read you a story? Oh, my God.
1: He just like— When I think of reading, I, he really— I, There's a generation— We should do a Reading Rainbow episode because there's like such a generation of people that I feel like grew up with LeVar Burton. I'm hearing
0: it in my head right now. I know, I know. Take a look, look. I
1: don't think we can post it. Because dinner, I, can, I don't think we can include it in this episode. Oh, right. They don't like that, right? Nope. You can— do any song for, like, one line, can't you? Maybe. I don't know what the rules are. Anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> So there's that one. There's the writer's voice from The New Yorker. NPR has selected shorts. Um, Nightlight, which features horror stories written by black authors. Audio Boom, which has classic short stories. I mean, these are all things you can just download right there on your on, phone. Yeah, on your Apple Podcasts. Or your, or your computer. Or whatever you use if you don't have an iPhone. I don't know how that works. Any, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm, I'm not judging.
0: So I feel like this is the audio fiction version of binge watching stuff. Oh, like, you know, me and Alan always do this thing where Alan always laughs at me because I'm like, he's like, you want to watch a movie? I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch a whole movie. But then we watch, end up watching like four episodes of a TV show. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. It's this like weird mental thing where like you don't want to focus on like, you don't want to feel locked into something for a couple of, for like a few hours, but you're okay with watching that same amount of time, but smaller chunks.
1: Yeah. I don't know what that is because I have a friend who's like, "Oh, I only watch movies," and I'm like, "How can you commit?" And he's like, "Committing to a TV show is like eight hours. It's way more." But for
0: some reason, I have, I totally get it. It's just like you, you feel like you can ch- check out easier.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you can, and you're. It seems like less of a commitment. So this is your low commitment audiobook entry point oh yeah this is the tinder of audio fiction uh
0: and so most of these short story podcasts are between like 10 and 25 minutes long so it's the perfect size for a commute for a walk a lunch break just like trying to get more fiction in your life you don't have to worry about focusing on like a 23 hour audiobook it's just 15 minutes
1: do you love these (laughs) (laughs) the the best setup ever (laughs) but do you love them (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love these so much. <laughs> I've talked about it on the show a little bit, um, but I, I love shows like these. Um, that's actually how I got into radio dramas because my I got raised by my grandparents, by my grandfather. And my grandfather would listen to the, like, the Sherlock Holmes ones from the 20s and the oh, 30s. That's so, cool. so that's like, I just fucking love them so much. And it's one of my favorite things to fall asleep to is the Sherlock Holmes short story audiobooks. And there's a, um, a couple of different podcasts that are just short story podcasts Like, short stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, cool. And they're great to fall asleep to. I love old radio dramas, fiction podcasts. I think it's a cool way to experience a story, especially if you're wicked busy and you're just, like, having a hard time getting book time in. Like, you know, sometimes we all get fucking busy. So this is a great way to just, like, get a whole story in a little chunk
1: yeah, and we're going to link to all these, so if you want to check them yeah. out, you can definitely do that. Do you ever listen to these, Bri? I don't, but I can see the appeal of them. I mean, like, I get really good into true crime story podcasts, so I feel like that's it's like, the same kind of thing. It's a similar situation. I've been listening to Dr. Death. Fascinating. And then also Serial <laughs> is back, and I was like, oh my god, Serial is back, and I listened to the first two episodes just like— Sitting on my couch.
0: Yeah, it's the same. I, honestly, it's I, just, I, I feel like it's the same kind of thing. You're getting a story.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I love fiction books, but I, usually my audio stuff is much more nonfiction because I have trouble paying attention, like people say. But I could see how this would be more helpful because you can just go through— you can get through them quicker. So if you you want a fiction story, which sometimes I do want a story, like yes. I'm like, oh man, I have tell a, me a story. I have a 45 minute drive. I want a story. I don't want people just talking at me because yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh please don't talk at me for 45 minutes. Like I, I get tired of that, and I want like a story. I want there to be sound effects. I want there to be music. I want it to like carry me through this drive that I have to do because I live in LA, and god damn it, there's a lot of driving happening. Unless you're me and you're Unless a mole you're, person, you <laughs> no, I don't know no, how hole. you cannot drive. Um. So, But, yeah, so I could see the appeal of these, and once we started talking about them, I was like, maybe I'll check some of them out. I love them. So if you're the kind of person, you're like,
0: you wish you read more literary magazines or you read more short stories or you kept up with new short stories, this is a great way to go. You just look up your favorite publication and see if they have a short fiction podcast because a lot
1: of them do. Yeah and if you um are an audiobook person and you've do, used up all your Audible credits for the month and all your library holds are used up like somebody I know who's yeah. in the same room
0: with me I just watched you earlier try to try to
1: try to put a book on hold and Libby was
0: like nope <laughs> like you already have
1: used up your too many holds this month and I'm like Ugh. I have to go through and make sure I really want those on my hold list, but then I like can't give them up. It's such an issue. Anyway, but you can also this is a great thing you can do in the interim. So instead of like you know you're the you're the me who has way too many holds, you can already you can just go and download these for free. Yeah, and let me tell you, podcasters really appreciate it because the more you download, the more numbers you get, the more they can sell ads, the more they can actually do this instead of just putting it out into the ether. They can do it, you know, for money, for money, and feed our cats.
0: It's also uh, a great way to discover new authors, which is really really cool. Uh, I just I feel like there's this weird prejudice against audio fiction. And I get so many people who are say like, oh well, I read listen to an audiobook, but that doesn't count as reading, or um, you know. It, like it doesn't count it's just like entertainment it doesn't count it like but you're still listening to a story and i think listening to a podcast or a short story or a radio drama or any kind of audio fiction is just as important and stimulating you're you're you know or relaxing you know let go of that podcast guilt like what it's still you're still getting a story just because it's not like a book doesn't mean it's not doing the same things for you yeah for sure also, if you want to hear the dulcet tones of Bria Grant read you a short story, she just recently did one with uh, our friends over at Apex Magazine. Yeah,
1: our friends at Apex Magazine do this, and they do it every month. So they release both um, a physical copy of their of their stories and things. In their various things, and then they also read their stories and have these podcasts of the stories. So it's a great way you to like keep up with the science fiction and fantasy stuff that they're doing over there. I got to voice a story called "Field Biology of the Wee Fairies" by Naomi Kritzer, which was very fun, super cute, and it was for Apex Magazine. So you can go check that out and hear this. Can you imagine this high-pitched voice reading a story? <laughs> it's perfect for you talking about fairies. It actually was perfect, and it was a good story for me, and I really enjoyed it. And I discovered a new author while doing it, and she's a fantastic writer. It's super fun. <laughs> Send your thoughts or recommendations about short audio
0: fiction or reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And so before we talk to Alistair Stewart, who runs Escape Pod, which is a company that does a bunch of different podcast magazines, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Hey, MaxFun listeners, have you been listening to MaxFun for a while and you've just been wondering, where's the new Flat Earth podcast to keep hearing about?
2: Well, here it is. We give you all the facts on NASA's lies and how we know that the Earth is actually flat. Just Just kidding. kidding. This is Ono Ross and Carrie, and we join fringe religious groups. We undergo alternative medical treatments.
1: And we hang out with people like 9-11 truthers, flat earthers. We find out why do people believe strange things.
2: We join them, and we tell you all about it. We have a lot of fun. We make a lot of friends.
1: Yeah, we do. We joined the Mormons. We joined the Scientologists. We got acupunctured. We got fire cupped. We got ear candled. We've done it all, and we're going to keep doing it all. Why don't you check out Ono Ross and Carrie at MaximumFun.org?
0: Uh, So here we are with podcaster and journalist Alistair Stewart. Alistair, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me on, guys. How are you doing?
0: Good. We are awesome, and we would love to know what you're reading right now.
2: Oh, I I actually have a very embarrassing pile of stuff I've almost finished, which uh, I'll I'll explain why in in a little bit. But I think at the top of that is I'm about 10 pages off the end of Sourdough by Robin Sloan, which is amazing. Uh so good yeah uh and also dread nation by justina island uh and the con artist by fred van lente and there's about six or seven others but those are the three i'm really kind of pushing to finish at the moment
1: you and i are on the same on the same reading path yeah (laughs) (laughs) so alice you do some really
0: really cool stuff with podcasts can you tell us all about escape artists and their various podcast magazines
2: Yeah, of course. Um, The company's been running for about 15 years, and it started when Sarah Ely had this really... one of those ideas which is so simple that you think everyone's already thought of it, and at the time no one had. Um, It's Basically, our company motto now is the format which Sarah invented back then, which is One Story Told Well, a commute-length piece of genre fiction with a little bit of introduction giving you context at the start and a little bit of commentary at the end. Like I say, that was about 15 years ago, and now four years into myself and my partner, Marguerite Kenner, buying the company, we have 2,000-plus episodes spread across four shows. So we do Escape Pod, which does science fiction, Pseudopod, which I also host, that does horror, uh, Cast of Wonders that does YA, that Marguerite hosts, and Podcastle that does fantasy. And we release weekly, uh, and we are entirely donation-funded, which is... Ridiculous. We. Uh, I like to introduce us as. Uh, I like to introduce myself as. Hi, I'm Alistair, and I co-own an impossibility. We shouldn't exist, but I'm so glad we do. <laughs> that's
1: amazing. <laughs> I love that. That and that's that's definitely very tough to do. So tell us. Have you always loved radio uh, radio dramas and audio fiction?
2: Oh God, yeah. Uh, one of my earliest memories is lying on my parents' bed, laughing my head off, listening to a kind of old BBC. Comedy stuff like The Goon Show and uh, and all that kind of late sixties early seventies material, and that's really stayed with me all my life. I mean, one of the the worst kept secrets on Pseudopod is that my entire shtick and the entire reason I do the show is because when I was a teenage insomniac, I would stay up way too late listening to Fear on Four. Now, Fear on 4 is basically the BBC radio version of The Twilight Zone, which is this series of kind of one-off, horrifying stories presented by an amiable phantom who stalks the, the streets of Broadcasting House. The most recent version of that's actually been fronted by Mark Gattis from The League of Gentlemen, and so it, it's still going. It's like five, six decades long. So I love that. Um, I'm a big fan of all the various kind of big finished Doctor Who audio dramas, the full-cast stuff. And the really weird one is uh, I still sometimes have trouble sleeping and on long distance flights I basically don't sleep because, I mean, you put me in front of a screen with 153 movies on it and I will Wahlberg my way across the Atlantic and back and do so with a song <laughs> in my heart. And when I I run out of, of, of bad movies to watch there is a full cast adaptation of the, the John Wyndham novel The Croc in Wakes which I love. It's one of the, the first books I can remember reading. And that thing just knocks me out. Seriously, about 15 minutes in, around the time (laughs) things start going a bit weird, I'm asleep. And I normally wake up just for the bit at the end where canned food saves the day. Works every time.
0: So you must have to listen to a lot of things for your job and because you love it. What does your own podcast listening schedule look like? Are you you listening to them when you're going to work, before bed, when you're exercising, when you're cooking?
2: Yes, (laughs) Um, (laughs) predominantly it's in the mornings because I I work from home a lot of the time Um, I'll I'll walk my partner into work then my commute is kind of a big loop around the train station and back again and in the mornings I'll run errands for the house and and pick up stuff and clean and I tend to listen to most podcasts around then Uh, in the evenings not so much but always when I'm cooking Um, make no law which is a kind of history of American law podcast, but with actual jokes and frequent drama as well, mm. is, is my current favorite there. I love that. Oh, I'm going to subscribe
1: to that. That, that sounds, sounds awesome. That sounds super rad. Do you do audiobooks as well, or are you just, you mostly are listening to podcasts?
2: Um, personally, I actually struggle a little bit with audiobooks because mm-hmm. I, I jump around an awful lot in terms of, of kind of the audio I listen to over the course of the day, so I always kind of lose my place. But it's something I've been meaning to get into.
0: Yeah, interesting. So do you have tips for any listeners who they want to get into like short audio fiction, but they're trying to figure out how to fit it into their life, like time-wise?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, in particular for freelancers, for, for folks like me who who work at home a lot of the time, it, it's really easy to just, you know, live out the same coffee mug for a week and lock in behind your keyboard. And podcasts can save you from doing that. Uh, just like I say, listen to them when you're running errands, when you're cleaning the house, use them as carrots. I do this all the time as well. If I finish this thing and hand it in, then I'm allowed to go and get a coffee and listen to a podcast at the same time. And it just, because it's, it's passive entertainment because you can do something else while you're doing it. It it kind of enables you to do more in your day. And I really love that.
1: So do you have any stuff? I, I know we're recording this a little bit way, a little ways out, but do you have anything coming up you're excited about on
2: your show? Oh god yeah a ton Um, We've actually just had Anson Mount uh, Who's playing Captain Pike On the second season of Discovery um, Sit in on Pseudopod Which I will never stop squeeing about And he's about to show up again On Podcastle narrating a story called Godfall by Sandra M. Odell Who's this amazing author who's worked with us An awful lot and is really now starting to get get A a little bit of traction Also over on Escape Pod One of my favourite stories from the last year Um the Revolution, brought to you by Nike, by Andrea Phillips, uh, is halfway through a two-part reading, and I'm really happy that we were able to get that. And, of course, with Cast of Wonders, we've got some really good stuff coming up with Ban Book Week. And with Pseudopod, we've got Horror Christmas at the end of October. And I we love Horror Christmas. We, you know, ha- Halloween is is our time of year. So we do three <laughs> three stories over that weekend. And I I always do this... This really weird thing, it's called the Halloween Parade, which is like a slightly fictionalized look at horror in popular culture across the last year. So I get to write that in a couple of weeks, and I always love doing it.
1: Um, So we actually have a lot of writers who listen to our show. If people are interested in, how how do you find the work that you end up recording and using?
2: Um, Really two or three different ways. Uh, We have set submission windows, and we always try and publicize when when these open, and we'll get three to four hundred stories, uh, every single subs window. Wow. Yeah. Uh, More and more, one of the things we're looking at is soliciting stories. And not to the extent that it's like a massive percentage of what we buy in the year, but if there's an area of the community that we feel is underrepresented, or if there's an author that we really want to work with, we'll go out and and kind of contact them directly. And one of my um, co-editors on Pseudopod is basically Indiana Jones for Literary Estates, (laughs) Uh, And the other one is like Indiana Jones's research specialist for literary estates. So kind of four or five times a year, these guys will just descend into the archives of classic American horror literature and go, we've worked out who's got these. We can buy one now and we'll run (laughs) one of those. And that's that's always really cool.
0: That's very fun. That's awesome. So, Alistair, tell us about your personal reading life. Do you have any read uh, weird reading quirks that you want to share with us?
2: Yeah, like I said at, 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 at the, the, the top of the interview, I have this weird thing, and it's because I'm a reviewer as well, where I will slow down in the last 5 to 10% of a book if I'm reading it at night. I always read it read at night before I go to sleep, because I know for a fact that if I finish a book kind of half 11, midnight, I'll want to go to sleep, and my reviewer brain will wake up and go, OK, I've put the coffee on, I've made some notes, let's write a thing. So it's weird. I have this like air traffic control holding pattern on my bedside table at the moment of seven or eight books. I've almost finished and I'm slowly kind of finishing them off during the day and writing about them and then putting new stuff in, in their place. So it's, it's this weird juggling system, but it kind of seems to work for me at the moment.
1: That's, so. that's genius. Um, so what, is there a book that you like to give to people?
2: Yeah, there are two. Um, Six Wakes by Mer Lafferty, which is, was nominated for... Are,
1: you, are, you the, are we the same person? Are you <laughs> the same person? <laughs> it's really weird.
2: <laughs> You've read it. Um,
1: yeah, I I recommend it a lot. Anyway, sorry, this is your interview.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I mean Mary is one of my closest friends. I've I she's one of the reasons I'm in podcasting and I uh, just she I mean you as you know, she knocked it out of the puck. It's a locked room murder mystery in space and so much better even than that fantastic premise suggests. Uh so I I've I've gifted that to a couple of people recently. And the other one is American Hippo by Sarah Gailey, which is Kind of astounding. Uh, it's a collection of the two novellas that they put out through Tor with, I think, an additional couple of short stories as well, set in an alternate Wild West where hippos were released into the Deep South and went feral. So it's basically Oceans 8 with cowboys and hippos. And it's amazing.
1: We're both, we're fans of that book on that show, too. Yeah, so. uh, On this show, yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, where can people find you online if they're looking for you or for your podcast or anything like that?
2: Uh, you can find all the podcasts. The best place to go is escapeartists.net, which is our kind of core site. And all four of the other podcasts link off that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Alistair Stewart, which is spelled like my name, uh, and also at Um I also write regularly for Tor, Barnes and & Noble and a bunch of other places oh, and my, um, there's my weekly newsletter as well, The Full Lid, which is basically me being professionally enthusiastic about pop culture with occasional bits of book yelling as well, and you can sign up for that through my website or my Twitter Awesome!
1: awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show
2: Thank you so much for having me folks, you, you, you do amazing work and it's, it's an honour to be here
0: Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Danielle writes in, I have a bit of a problem. This year I made an investment in my reading life and got a fancy e-reader. I've always been a Mallory, but this spring I transitioned into being a Bria, just like a caterpillar.
1: (laughs) Also, I like that that originally started with, like, spoilers, but now it's it's a it's a I feel book. it's a this, like physical it's a, book versus zebra. it's a lifestyle, choice. Okay, it's a a lifestyle choice. choice.
0: Either you're Mallory and you don't like spoilers and you read physical books in a hole in the ground with all your cats, uh-huh. or you're a Bria who likes an e-reader and spoilers and lives with your dog in space. And is like on on the go. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Mm-hmm. So I love this idea of her like cra- being a me and crawling into a cocoon and come out as a Bria fly. <laughs> 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 Ready to travel a across Bria LA. Fly. Uh And so, Danielle loves her e-readers, except for one thing. I also love to travel, and when I travel, I love browsing through bookstores. The issue is now that I'm not reading physical books anymore, so browsing isn't
1: as fun. How does an e-reader find joy in a bookstore while traveling? Bria, take it away. Yeah, it's an issue, for sure. Because people, when I'm traveling, people are like, oh, you like books? You want to go to a bookstore? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But then I don't buy anything, and they're like, oh, did you not have a good time? And they're like, first of all, I just want to say... You don't have to buy something to have a good time. My grandmother called it window shopping, which mm-hmm. is such a— Is a it window shopping thing. if you're in the bookstore, yeah. though? browsing. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you're not it's, looking in the window. It's fine. You don't have to buy something. This is how I feel at a farmer's market, too. You don't have Just to— Just look at those apples. You can look you don't at things. Have to buy them You all. can sample them. You can go through the book pages. You can try some of the hummus. Whatever <laughs> you want to do. But you don't have to purchase it. Do not feel that pressure. Don't feel the pressure. Don't buy the hummus. <laughs> Just- buy it if it's delicious. If you love hummus, but think about this: what are you dipping in the hummus? You may not have anything to dip, and then you're gonna have to go buy apples or crackers or whatever. Maybe you're not eating gluten right now. Can't Maybe buy your calorie and
0: you're allergic to raw
1: apples. Do you dip apples in hummus? Mm-mm. No, right? No. Hard pass. Anyway, um, carrots. Mm. But what are you gonna do? Chop those carrots up? Let's get real. What is your lifestyle like? Let's get back to the e radar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. I think it is fun to go to bookstores, and I like going to bookstores. It's like basically like if you're traveling—I'm going to use another another metaphor. It's like going into a museum. You're not taking that Mona Lisa home with you, right? So you're still experiencing the culture of a place if you go and look at something. You don't have to take something home with you. And especially when I'm traveling to like a new city or a foreign city, it's fun to go to their bookstore and kind of like see what that culture is about because it's going to be different than the bookstores we have here. And I think what's nice is that you're going to be able to see— what people are recommending in those bookstores. And I love flipping through a real book, and I love seeing covers. I love oh, looking yeah. at book covers. It is a little bit like looking at a—going museum and looking at art for oh, me. Oh, yeah. So I will go to a bookstore and see what they're recommending, read the back of the book, and then write it down on my phone as something to purchase later or purchase it while I'm standing there. Sorry, I do do that, you know, on my e-reader. And so, like— you can go and take recommendations from a bookstore, from the people working there. And maybe you'll want to buy a book. Like, there there are little small books you might want to take. Like, maybe you don't want to grab a big honkin'. That was last episode. No,
0: now we're, we're keeping it. We're keeping honkin'. <laughs> honkin' is now in the reading glasses vocabulary. But, you
1: know, if something's signed or something, that might be something that would encourage you to buy Ooh, something. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's just a good place to go get ideas, to do some window shopping. But you don't have to feel like you have—just because you're going somewhere— you don't have to purchase something. Yeah, those booksellers aren't like taking your picture secretly and being like, "No, like, this bitch buy. doesn't buy anything." They don't know your life. You may not have the money to buy something. You may True. just be an e-reader and like you're not interested, but that doesn't mean you're not supporting the bookstore and the authors because you're going in and you're seeing what authors that they're liking. I think it's I think you just have to look at it like a um it's a field trip. You know, it's a field trip that you don't actually have to purchase anything on. Because I love looking at books. Yeah. I can look at books all fucking day. And I love going to libraries. And you're not, <laughs> I love gangster libraries. Books? I love fucking books. <laughs> I'll look at a book all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> but I love going to a library too. And a lot of times, like, I'm not necessarily checking those out. I'm just, like, looking at them. Yeah. And I think that's fine. But I understand the issue. I just don't think she needs to feel the pressure of buying something yes. if she's reading everything on an the e reader these days. What about you? I mean, you buy the books. Yeah, you purchase is, the this books. This is gonna
0: be really radical advice coming from me because I see—I feel like booksellers see me coming and they're like rubbing their hands together, like, <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, here, like, here's a sucker, she comes." <laughs> and my poor partner is like, "Oh boy, get ready to carry a gigantic bag of books around." <laughs> I always feel so bad because whenever we go book shopping, Alan carries the
1: the bag for me. I, what, what's up with that? Those gender dynamics. He is huge. <laughs> Have you ever seen my boyfriend? <laughs> I make whoever's with me carry what I'm that's carrying. True. Well, no, sometimes I carry them too. I'm, but I'm too little. Carry every, I don't care who you are. You're bigger than me. Carry what you're carrying.
0: <laughs> Except for birthday party. She's smaller than you. Except for the you. birthday party, the dog.
1: But yes, that's one of my one of
0: the perks about having having a partner that's bigger than you is they carry the books for you. Uh, but this, yeah, so this is gonna be radical advice coming from me. But bookstores are cool, even if you're not buying books, they're still great. Like you said, great place to browse for new titles and authors. You know, it's a cool browsing experience, but, like, sometimes it's a better browsing experience than on your e-reader or on a website because you get to pick them up and check them out and look, look at the cover in detail, read the copy, um... Like I said on an earlier episode, uh, you can check out the staff recommendations and make a note to check out the ebook later. I do this all the time when I travel since I usually limit myself to only buying a few books. So I can't – like I went to – when I went to Paris last year, Mm -hmm. I went – I did Paris and Bristol, England with only a backpack. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy for me. Yeah. And um, I could only fit two books from – because I went to Shakespeare and Company, that like really famous bookstore – I got one for me and one for Alan and just like I could only pick two. So I wrote down a bunch of books that I saw that I wanted and I ended up buying later. Um, but their bookstores are also a really great place to buy souvenirs, even non-book ones. You got me that really cute book journal when you oh, went to yeah, Portugal. That's
1: right. I did. Uh,
0: and I love that thing. They have journals, stationery, pens, all kinds of cute stuff to look through. You can look through the books and then like
1: grab a pen, grab a, grab a notebook. Oh. I like that you called it a book journal when I think it's just a journal. It's just like everything is a book. You're like a Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> With books. It's just a journal. You could write anything in it. But for you, it's like... <laughs> it's a book journal. <laughs> Sorry. so you saw me laughing <laughs> about it. I mean, you're like... Like this is this is a book computer. This is my book microphone. I'm this book is smurf. these are my book glasses. This is my book shirt. You know? But the thing is it is. That's so funny, it's part. it's just a journal. It's not a book journal. It does not say book journal on it. It's literally just a journal. Like you can write anything you want in that. It doesn't have to be related to books. I'm a bookswerf. I'm totally a book <laughs> oh I'm crying that's so funny <laughs> let me just
0: scooch on up to this book microphone here uh, oh my god that's fucking hysterical uh, it's a regular journal We can use it for regular things uh, you can use a journal for it <laughs> You don't what? Have you, just that, I, I just can't imagine doing anything else besides book things. It's like, that's all my <laughs> whole world is. You've
1: never written down anything that
0: doesn't have a journal. No, I have a cocktail notebook.
1: Okay, fine. <laughs> Books and cocktails. It could be also a cocktail journal. <laughs> so,
0: um, but it also, like Bria said, it's always fun to ask the booksellers what they've been recommending a lot of lately, uh, what fun events are happening. I feel like Danielle needs to sort of look at a bookstore more of a cultural center and not just like a, a place to buy shit uh so try the hummus
2: try that hummus (laughs) let's
0: let's do a bookstore farmer's market uh i feel like it's always a good place to check out a bookstore when you're traveling even if you're an e-reader because you can get a sense of the culture of the place and like anything cool that's gonna like fun events that might be happening that week or like the booksellers can also recommend cool museums and cool places to go so like if you're no matter where you're going like go Buy a cool journal that you could use for
1: non-book things. Talk to the booksellers. Talk about books. Yeah, because I think what we're both hitting on is that, like, from bookstore to bookstore, obviously it's going to be different what they're recommending. And especially if you're in, you know, a foreign country, like, that was really interesting to see, like, what books in English they liked. Because it's going to be very different than the ones that they're recommending at— you know, book soup or whatever in Los Angeles and even like a bookstore in a different city. Like I there's a comic book store I like in Dallas and like they always have different comic books on display than my comic book store here. So like they're, they're that it like can really vary.
0: Yeah. No, I I think it's honestly it's like going to the library at a place. It's one mm-hmm. of the coolest places to go check out like the it's like a what's that thing that you stick in a cultural dipstick, cultural
1: dipstick. <laughs> Does That work? I don't know anything about cars. Uh, I've never changed oil the oil in my life. And the levels of the oil. So, sure. It's bookstick. Yeah, you're just dipping your toe into the dipping your book toe into the book stick. <laughs> into the book book
0: pond. I'm really bad at these metaphors. But yeah, I think you Try the to, hummus. Try the hummus. That's the that's the show title is. <laughs> try the hummus. But I yeah, I just reframe what you think of a bookstore is it's more it's very culturally important. It's not a just a place to it's not just a merchant. Yeah. So if you want us to solve your reader problem or uh, answer your bookish question, you can send it to reading glasses Podcast at gmail.com. We can re- recommend some hummus types, I'm sure. Bria likes hummus. I like hummus. Um... Uh- As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy, who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. And remember that you can always buy Reading Glasses tote bags and T-shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's always a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you give us a five-star review and tell us what you're reading or what book you like to give to people, we will read it on the show. All the reviews really, really help us out. And when we get to 500, we're going to live stream recording so you can see all this craziness. Alive on your
1: computer screen. In, in real life.
0: You Here it to, is. You get to see me almost knock over the equipment every time I laugh. Um, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, and you can always follow along on our book adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.
1: Maximumfun.org
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Listener supported.